my burden was to contribute to what's going on. Uh, this was before I saw it as a, it, it wasn't a vocational path. It yeah. wasn't a model. Yeah. It was what you do when the churches that are available don't seem to hit this yeah. this 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 burden that you have, but you have the 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 ability to do it. And it just so happened that in a church planting model or church planting culture where it's incentivized and then resourced, sure. now people think about church planting first. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome back to the We Are Send Network podcast here today, coming live from Nashville, Tennessee. We're here at the SBC annual meeting 2021. It's been a fire meeting so far. A lot of cool things have been happening, and we have been having some special guests come through on the podcast. Yeah. But real quick, great to have Dehadi Lewis on here, Blueprint Church, Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, Noah Oldham from St. Louis, August Gate. And we got a special guest. I feel like we need a little rap horn, like, wing, 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 wing. We got, we got Deuce in the building. We got the ambassador, the original cross movement, hip hop, rapper, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But now professor, church planning, pastor. Yeah. You so I just want to know, like, when you come, I'm still going. Like, do you go, like, <laughs> ambassador, William Branch, Deuce? You know, like, yeah, I have never you... been able to hone in. I tell mm. them whatever. Yeah. And they always do a mixture. I it's like ambassadors. Right? That's yeah, how well, I know you. They all, a lot of people use that and then, uh, but they'll be like, uh, William Deuce, Brand. he has all so many and they'll, it's always a, a joke. Yeah. It's yeah. always a joke. Did we I just know fall right into that right you there? Did. That you was did. the classic. But it's, it's, we, we can't help it. I can't help you help it. I mean, it's funny for me too. But Deuce has been yeah. very instrumental. You know, in so my good. life and in my, so you know, formation. I remember, like, he was the one for the first time when I heard, learned about contextualization. Here right. I was, this football player in 1996, the end of 96, and I'm like, I'm actually in Atlanta, Georgia, literally a mile and a half away from my house and where the church that we planted, <laughs> you know, there at an impact conference. Wow. And I'm That's there, right. and, you know, I'm, I'm only saved for about a year, mm. you know, and I'm there, and, but I'm already almost in leadership because I was the athlete on the football <laughs> team. Yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm there and I'm going and, you know, but they said, well, if you're really going to be about it, you got to start wearing a three-piece suit. You got to, like, and they were starting to put all those things. And I wasn't raised in the church. Mm. I go there, I go to the, this conference and here's dudes like, yo, and this, like, doing all this. But, <laughs> but, not, but it wasn't, yeah, but seriously, yeah, with Tim's, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but preaching the gospel. Yeah. Like, knowing his, like, and it wasn't one of those, like, it was mm. authentically him. Mm. And I was just like, that was for the first time I saw the power of contextualization because I heard the gospel Great. preached in my heart, heart's mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was, and it was from that moment that I was never changing. So since that time, mm-hmm. Deuce has been a mentor, mm-hmm. a friend, a, a brother, you know, to me you. and to many others, you know. And so, you know, and just even in this time as we navigate through the, the seasons that we're in, yeah, sure. you know, when it comes yeah, to church planning sure. and those types of things, he's just been someone that I've always been you know, looked up to and just been, you it's know, something to type on the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's honor. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, the Lord allow us to come into each other's lives and he's He's reciprocated all of that. Wow. So everything I've been for him, he's been able to be for me. 
Uh, and as he's continued to go forward, I'm just happy to be in partnership. And one of the things I tell people is too many people refer to me in past tense language. Maybe because, you, you know, when you've been around so long, it's almost like you're not the new thing. You're not the hot thing. And since people are looking for the new and the hot thing, what they believe is the relevant thing, the relevant thing can't be the person who was. The relevant has to be the person yeah. who is. And uh, some people, they pivot from you, you know, and, you know, Eminem mm -hmm. line, you know, mm -hmm. they move on to the next Joe who flows hotter, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, and, uh, but Dahadi continues to act like we are living in this moment. Mm -hmm. I remember before when oh, I used yeah. to think that, uh, you know, you say B.C. before Christ. And, and I used to think A.D. was after something, death. right? Right. After death. Death, right? That's what I always thought it was. And they say, no, it's in the year of our Lord. It means mm -hmm. in the year. Yeah, like, like we're, it's, it's, yeah, before, but now we're in. And it's just permanent in the year of our Lord. So and so good. it's almost like, we still living. I'm like, yeah. brother, you know, I'm still, I don't want to be anything yeah. Yeah. except still here. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, uh, and he treats me like that. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, praise God. And so, like, that. when we talk about this idea, this is the church planning podcast. We sit network and, you know, coming alongside planners, you actually planted. Yes. Right? It was yes. a part of a planting team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that and, and just and wanted to bring you on just kind of talking mm -hmm. about that because it came mm -hmm. out of this burden. Right. You were in right. Philly. Right. You were doing hip hop. You right. were doing, and then saw just the need that was just like, there's something missing yes. that, that's from it. And, you know, yes. and for a long time, you was like, I'm not the dude. Right. You know, yeah. I'm not Facts. the one who's doing you it. Know. And then it was just kind of like, but, yeah. so talk a little bit about that journey, yeah. you know, of just okay. kind of like planting yeah. and how that came out of a yeah. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. So again, African-American context, that wasn't put on the radar. So I, I grew up in church. I observed a lot of things. Some things are taught. Some things are caught. Uh, church planting wasn't one of them from my you know church background. Uh, and even within the white context, I did not hear about the establishment of a new church. It was just church, right? It wasn't until after seminary, so now we're approaching into we're in 2000, hmm. that uh, in 2000, I started hearing about church plant as a culture, sure. church plant as a model, yeah. church plant as just something you do, not because, yeah. you know, like it, it's it's a way. Yeah, it's and, uh, right, right. And, uh, and so I was like, huh, like not necessarily moved by that. Uh, I believe that the Great Commission has an imperative. It's make disciples that does not inherently for me mean plant churches. However, some have, I think, rightly, re you know, reasoned. But the sure. most like some of the most faithful ways yeah. to make disciples would be to create a church body yeah. where they can be discipled, which mm -hmm. is the primary imperative for the local church. So, uh, well, with that being said, uh, I, I did feel like there was the unique, uh, a unique composition of things in me that I was right. like, what if there was a people marked by all of these components but friendly to people who don't have all these components sure. because I felt marginalized both in the black context and in the white context. I felt misunderstood. Oh, wow. And I believe that hip hop played a part in that because neither the white church nor the black church knew how to lead a person to integrate their right. faith and culture. Right. When it came to right. hip hop, they always thought hip, they, hip hop was too confusing for people. So uh, I just started thinking about contextualization, thinking about theology, and thinking about how this thing could come together. Well, a man who's actually here at the conference, I mean, the convention right here, you know, is a man by the name of Gary Frost, who was at your yeah, position. He, he was at NAM. He was VP wow. of NAM. Uh, or, and uh, he was saying, 
how would you like to plan a hip-hop church? I said, well, I don't do hip-hop church, but I do do a church where hip-hop would be <laughs> fully nurtured and fully expressed. Right. right, and he said, great. I said, and I believe in a team model, so I know some dudes that I'm rolling with, we can do it because we believe in a plurality model. Uh, and so uh, we came in, and the rest is history. It just They just started investing, and before you know it, we became duly aligned. We became Southern Baptist by denomination, and in this network this way, and in these people because they do this. And uh, so that's how it started. Yeah. My burden was to contribute to what's going on. Uh, this was before I saw it as a, it, it wasn't a vocational path. It yeah. wasn't a model. Yeah. It was what you do when the churches that are available don't seem to hit this yeah. this, this this burden that you have, but you have the, the, the ability to do it. And it just so happened that in a church planting model or church planting culture where it's incentivized and then resourced. Sure. Now people think about church planting first. Sure. But you can sometimes think about it because it feels like the quickest avenue to you having power mm. or you having like position. Yeah. And, and you know maybe it's like I could be I could be boss from ground one. Mm. I can be the man from ground one. Sure. I can have my dude, and he'll feel like well, I'm closest to the dude. It can really get contaminated quick if we're not wow. careful. Yeah. So yeah. the burden has That's to amazing. remain. The burden has to remain. Yeah. yeah, and get contaminated quick. And one of the things I w- would love to hear from you on is is the burden for the gospel. Uh, I, every hip hop artist I know that's also a gospel preacher, I just see how those those gifts bleed over. The gift of words, the gift of a message simplified yeah, but real. impactful. Facts. And, and Facts. even though I I, I don't rap, yeah. uh, you probably could have guessed that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I do. I, I fancy myself a wordsmith, and always trying to find creative ways to make Facts. the most impactful Facts. statement. So you teaching preaching now. Yes. Um, I just love to hear that burden to allow this generation to hear the gospel in a contextualized right. way. Like, where's that come from? Mm. Absolutely. Well, I had the opportunity to go study at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. I didn't want to. Originally, I had an you know, ulterior motive. I thought if I go teach at that school, my kids who are approaching college, if nowhere else, they can at least go there and they can go free. That's, right. so that's really right. literally how I did it. Keep it my, my, yeah, absolutely. And uh, my wife actually jammed me up because I kind of lost one opportunity through a number of things in my life. Uh, and I wasn't on trajectory to salvage it. And so she was like, yo, whatever happened to that? You know, you said, and now? Wow. And I was like, oh, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call from somebody to say, hey, would you like to, you know, further see your education? I was like, not really. They were like, and, you know, and teach <laughs> at our, you know, teach at our college and our seminary. And I was like, hmm. And they said, and I said, wouldn't my kids be able to go free if I did? Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah. I said, Sure, I like to take advantage of these <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's exactly what happened. And it's of great. course, this past graduation season, I got to hand them both their, their diplomas, oh, man, you know special, what I'm saying? Wow. So the two oldest that graduated. Uh, but yeah, so rap has always, for me, served the purpose of proclamation. I don't think that is a mandate. See, yeah. people always get mad. Like, we, we say, you have to do it this way. No, you don't. But it's certainly a viable option. Yeah. Yeah, rap sure. is your means of proclamation. Then the Christian principles and theology can determine whether or not you're just a speaker, a motivational speaker, uh, or if it's proclamation, the yeah. thing that has been like that the church so has good. been entrusted with. Yeah. Yeah. It, look, Acts chapter eight says when the persecution broke out, 
It said everyone scattered except the apostles. It was like the first time we see, okay, the experts that are super, super saved are not part of what we're about to say. Mm -hmm. The church scatters, and it says, and as they were scattered, they preached Jesus. They preached. Like, that's the way the gospel advances, through proclamation. And that means more than just speaking, speaking religiously. It's a particular commitment to a certain content, Christ-centeredness, the cross, this, that, and the other. And it can be done by anybody. Therefore, it can be done through any proclamation-conducive means. Rap, you can't get more conducive. It's a boasting genre. It's a verbal, verb, like word-centric genre. So I decided to do that. Well, when it was time to decide, what you going to do a PhD on? I don't want to do a PhD, but if I'm going to do it on anything, how about applied theology with an emphasis on preaching? Because that's all I do anyway, yeah. right. but I've been yeah. just doing it through rap. But I'll do it flat-footed. And so that's how I got on this. And as I teach it, I'm able to do it based on believing that what the word is what does it all. And the words of that reformer Martin Luther who said, I didn't do anything. The word did it all. <laughs> all I did was preach God's word. The word did it all. We'll talk about that a little bit. Talk Five, about how you six, have navigated. Seven, and, you know, and especially as we have pastors and preachers and planners, like how do you navigate not kind of chasing mm. like just the the latest Twitter, the latest mm, thing, like excellent. and being able to stay, stay faithful and communicating yes. faithfully excellent. to the teacher. Because it just seems like you got some people who just want to be just totally tone deaf. And we're just going to go verse by verse and just excellent. not ever worry about right. it. And then you got the other people who just like every sermon is whatever was on, right. you know, yeah. the, 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 the news this past yes. week. And so how like how do you how would you help to navigate, yeah. you know, yeah. um, people do that? <laughs> I got a funny story and another way to answer this. So one, uh, hmm, I am prone to not use the latest and the greatest in technology. I proceed. I proceed the internet. I proceed social media. You put me on blast. <laughs> you, I said, I don't even mess with Twitter. You said, oh, you going to be that dude? The dude who boasts in what was but refuses to engage in the new thing that can be leveraged for the gospel. I said, dang, you right. Years later, you the one sleeping on the stuff. I'm like, he's sleeping on it. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's a funny story. Um, that's funny. Uh, but I had a father model. Yeah, I had a father who modeled austerity. Mm. Uh, a father who modeled, say no. Uh, to me, beyond what I was able to do, I was like, that's too much austerity. That's define, too much saying no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, just just low-key, uh, the bare minimums, yeah. right? Yeah, my father would say, say no. Mm. Um, I don't go to games. I don't, da, 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 I don't go to Broadway. He's, he's in New York. I don't go to Broadway. I don't go to this. I'll send them. I say no. Son, say no. So he taught me to say no. Basically, to live with the bare minimums. Yeah. Don't look for a name. Don't yeah. look for a stage. Don't look to be known. Don't look to be recognized. Don't try to get in magazines. Say no. Because he believes that that's, that it changes the minister. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right. Yeah. I think wow. it built something in me. It built something in me to, to not care about it. Wow. But then God so graciously gave me some of the stuff people chase after freely. Mm. And for some reason, I had such a dose of it. I've never hungered for it. I don't mm. want to be known. I don't care. I'm amazed that God has used me in the life of people. I'm mm. amazed that everywhere I go, I'm I'm yeah. Uh, I know people, yeah. and they know me. Yeah, uh, sure. So all I can say That's is, good. I'm not chasing it. I think because I was trained to not chase anything, but then people in my life mm. have mm. urged me. But remember contextualization. 
Remember missionality. Wow. Remember Paul. I use all things. He says, I, by, by, by all means necessary. You've adopted that as well. It's that by not by any means necessary, mm. by all possible means. Mm. You Utilize means. God is a God of means. Man, and awesome. uh, so I've come to value it. I was late to the social media game. All the new dudes, yeah. I mean, they, they have a lot of followers. Because yep. they got up on it early. Yep. I had pages and pages of, hey, you got a Facebook page. I was like, I do? You have a Twitter account. I do? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, got, I got to it late. Yeah. And so I, I use it now yeah. because I'm just, I'm, I'm mission. So how, how do you know? Yeah, and how do you know when to engage and when not to engage? You know, I mean, I know because there's like on... On all areas, there's so much stuff that's going on right. that's creating so much polarization. There's so much like, so Excellent. how do we yeah. know yeah. that when we are being the word you use? I'm not even gonna try to say it. You know, like you need a Like, how do you know right. uh, to do that versus that it's kind of fake humility, mm-hmm. right? And you need to speak mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a word that's needed in this context. You know, yeah. so yeah. like, yeah. how do you, how do you yeah. wrestle between right. that? Yeah. Uh, I, one, I don't know. But having said, I don't know. But here's what I do know. Yeah, this is all I do know. Um, you don't want to do it just because in doing it, it gets you what you wish you got anyway, uh-huh. first of all. Secondly, um, that's why I used to tell my pops. But you're not telling me how to say yes and when to say yes. It comes. God mm-hmm. gives you insight in the how. Three, Paul said, when I came to Corinth where they're into all the stuff everybody's into, I decided to know nothing among you except Christ and crucified. So your confidence wouldn't be in the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. So I think you got to know when, like, when people are prone to put, like, receive you and throw your God overboard. And so I'm very conscious of, Mm. like, being mindful, like, how about I always saddle it? So when we used to sample beats... Every now and then, somebody will put little subliminal things over beats that, like, over portions of the beat where it's just the beat. So that if somebody were to sample it, they would know it's their beat. Mm-hmm. Because the old school, they didn't do that. That's why we have break beats, extended pieces of the beat, and you just, you'd sample it. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh. But people, they throw things in so that you can never sample it without there being some little right. subliminal. I try to saddle people with the stuff that makes them not. Receive like you can't throw my God over. I keep attaching him so that he's unavoidable. If you mm-hmm. like me, he's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm about mm-hmm. robust, over-the-top Christian Christian proclamation, because I don't want people accepting me as a polished speaker without the God who I do it for. So even when it comes to all these things, um I, I go low when I don't want their confidence on the stuff. But I still use it because I do see the value of it. And I don't know how that, I don't know, I don't know how to help people figure that out. But as they move, Right. They will learn these things. You know my love-hate relationship with all that. And I know with the, with the idea, because it's kind of like, yeah. It's just like, how do you, like, my one part of my statements is always like, how do I make the greatest possible impact without being known? Mm, yes, you know, you and there's really that that, that tension, because I was like, I don't care about my name being known, but but at the same time, I, I want to get the dub. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, like, so it's like, I don't want to create an act like I don't want to get the dub. Like, I'm, right. I'm competitive, yeah. and I want to get the win, but I don't have to be the... Yeah. Right. 
the the keynote or the highlight. And so wrestling with that, and especially as you're pastoring a people and kind of, you know, that is being influenced by the people who are getting the stages, Uh you know, and it's just like, all right, do I need to get the stages? Because that's when people only think that they yeah. that they get it. But it's at the same time, I'm like, it is I don't want that because it just it throws everything yeah. off in my own heart. And so right. and it's so just being so wrestling with that personal tension. And yeah. as planters specifically, there's that tension of wanting to be known because they got to attract people right. to yeah. some degree. And it right. could be for the purest motives, yeah. right. you know, to attract people. But at the same Time trying to keep the mission because that's what you know the calling, you know, um, the burden that they had to go into whether it's a neighborhood or a city for for God's glory. That's what we got to do. We have yeah. to keep that, uh, and we got to stay together. One of the mm-hmm. things I've seen in my my course of this that journey, we we haven't stayed together. We yeah. outgrow one another. How? Right. How you outgrowing each other? We we're too small to outgrow each other. Good. We mm-hmm. talk about a we. Mm-hmm. Who's the we? There's no we that we identify because we we're, relationships are so disposable and expendable. No. Mm. No. And I'm even looking at regular hip-hop. I still look at their regular hip-hop. I'm like, look at them. They still talk about the, the former as though the former is still part of the continuum. Wow. But, you know, the so-called Christians that have a hip-hop-ish orientation or just the Christians of this new urbanite era— they just don't know how to do it. And uh, so I just believe God may cause us mm-hmm. to to need each other again. And part mm-hmm. of the revival may be a revival, not just back to gospel content, yeah. but Christian community and relationships. So yeah. let's pray that that yeah. happens so that churches really good. can not only be planted, but they can be nourished to grow, to be strong oaks. Man, yeah, so good. I, I know that I recently was the recipient of that. Just to honor and thank the Lord for you really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Walk Church, we're in a series through the book of Ephesians, just tapped into some of the spiritual warfare verses, and I, you know, just wanted to see what was out there. I hit up the YouTube one time, and I said, sermons on Ephesians 6, 10, 11. First one that came up, the big homie Deuce at Southeastern, and I listened to that sermon. Quick plug, go listen to that then. (laughs) Um, Just, yeah, you unpacked each armor of God piece with clarity, with visuals, but the line that I, I quoted you on it is that the Christian life isn't a playground. The Christian life's a battleground. Mm. And um, that was just helpful. I, I'm using that a lot. Pretty like, soon it'll I be said my that? quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty <laughs> yeah, soon yeah. it's coming from me. But um, I'm quoting you next. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great word. And but just to say, and Kurt, you, your ministry in the uh, education domain is yes. going far. Excellent. And uh, even That's without you, you needing any of that, Thank God will still push it forward. But Thank grateful you, for your influence in the Send Network. And uh, if you're watching this right now or listening and you want more information, we want to give it to you. You can go ahead and text the number 888-123. Just text Send Network to 888-123. We'll follow up with you, get you what you need. Maybe you have an idea. Maybe some of these thoughts are triggering ideas or questions. Maybe you're in a season where you need some extra help, some content. We'd love to speak to those items right here on the podcast. Send in an email or some type of contact so we can know and we'd love to follow up with you on that. You can also visit the website, sendnetwork.com, and learn more about us from there. Thanks for joining us today. We are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.